what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, metal, and adjacent forms of music that people send in to us. It's typically our first time hearing the releases in question, and we honestly honestly react to whatever it is that we're hearing. Sometimes we like stuff, sometimes we don't, but we're not striving to make objective value judgments or be professional critics. Uh, we're just trying to put music in front of you, encouraging you to uh, interact with it however you see fit. If you like something, go out and support it. Uh, see bands live, buy records. The format of the show is that we have 10 bands in the queue every week. Everything is listener submitted. We roll some dice and we randomly select usually between five and seven of them per episode and just give them a listen. That's all there is to it. This episode's coming to you a little late because we had, uh, we had a, a tall order uh, in, in the form of a guest spot on uh, the Kings of Punk podcast, which should be coming out at some point in the next couple of weeks uh, that we had to do like exponentially more research for than we have done for even a single episode of our own uh, let podcast. me point out that the research was basically just listening to good punk albums well that's true yeah yeah i i i just uh i i tried to take meticulous notes so that i wouldn't just be speaking totally extemporaneously um, yeah i took some notes too so i guess um actually putting fingers to keyboard was was Owners and burdensome. <laughs> That's right, it was. Um, and then also, uh, I'm a, I'm in a piss poor condition to be podcasting because I'm still nursing like a gum infection around a wisdom tooth that I've neglected getting out for about a decade now, yeah. and it's uh, hurting like a bitch. So I uh, got Oragel all on my gums. It hurts really fucking bad. I'm I'm sick to my little tummy with um, all of the antibiotics that I'm currently consuming and the painkillers to keep me from. Um, to keep me, you know, able to function normally. So that's cool. So, you know, it's late. You're getting a particularly uh, lethargic version of me today. So um, as always, your loyal listenership to this podcast is rewarded. Oh, and we're also recording remotely. So if you notice a slight quality dip this week, that's why. So boy, got, boy, aren't you happy that you, you tune got the, in week you got after the, week. the apologies out of the way, right? Yeah, that's right. I don't I, really I think that the past few weeks, um, yeah. It's always been one health complaint or another now. Yeah, yeah. You you, you have your uh, – you've got your kidney stone to deal with. Yeah. Um, and now I've got my infected gums. Yeah. We're, just, and, we're, we're coming unraveled. Yeah, we totally are. And uh, you got to get that tooth dealt with because that will go straight to your heart. <laughs> I don't know if it will go straight to my heart. Oh, but, yes. But there, but there can certainly be uh, complications from infection, certainly. Oh, yes. yes. Um. So the only note that I have this week, other than the aforementioned apologies that I've already given, is uh, a little factoid that I learned uh, via listening to First 7-Inch Club, the podcast that I fairly recently guested on that I've big upped a couple times. I, I recently, or they just recently, I think last week, did an episode where they talked about a 7-Inch that I suggested for them, which is one that we also listened to on a Patreon episode, uh, the Jonah 7-Inch, which is like a French-Canadian a kind of screamy metalcore band from the 90s that we mm -hmm. both decided was ki kind of good kind of sounds like ire or some uh, other other you know canadian metallic hardcore bands in a similar yeah. lane from that era. yeah i think we had to sort of um we also had to sort of backpedal and give a little exposition on like you know 
screamy emo hardcore. Yeah, for sure. So, so they did uh, they did an episode on that seven inch, which I suggested to them, and then uh, via the comment section of their Instagram, which they have, even though they've been a podcast for a quarter of the time that we have or less, and we don't have, um, <laughs> they uh, they posted like you know the record they were doing that week, and somebody commented on it, and I learned that the label that put that out. Anima Records, which is a short-lived Canadian label that pretty much put out that, a split that Jonah did with this band Drift, and then a handful of of pretty forgettable like Screamo records from the 90s, like most notably probably the Agna Moraine's autobiography record, um, and then Constantine St. Kathy, who uh, listener of the show Rich Miles did a stint in, I believe. So that guy went on, Gord, he went on to start a label that you and I both love and that many of our listeners probably love, Deranged Records. Really? Um, I had no idea of that. I had no idea of that either. So um, I guess the, the only reason I mentioned that other than the fact that it's you know uh, an interesting little tidbit of information relating to the things that we like is that um, you know, from humble beginnings, right? Deranged went on to be one of the most consistently great uh, and reliable labels for like hardcore punk for basically the last 20 years. And Homeboy store started off by putting out um, mostly intolerable like 90s sit down with your legs crossed screamo stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, even even if you, you have a past that you're afraid is going to haunt you, you can rise above those beginnings and go on to do great things. So don't don't let your screamo past stop you from uh, from pursuing your hardcore future i guess is the lesson i want you to take away very inspiring for sure so that's the uh that's that's the only note that i had this week nothing else otherwise i've just been nursing this tooth and hanging out working doing stuff yeah i feel that i haven't been up to much all right cool you want to just jump right into it then (laughs) let's let's get it let's get into it hell yeah no no fucking uh lengthy exposition up top we're just gonna get right into the show this week and i got no new patreon subscribers to shout out or anything so we can cut the bullshit we also got a fucking uh transition straight into a a session of D D after this so um so first up on our uh on our queue tonight we've got a band called mauler this comes from brody from australia brody submits stuff from his native australia with uh, some degree of frequency I've, I've been noticing his name pop up in the email more and more recently um this is a hardcore band out on last ride records who if you listen to hardcore from australia you're probably familiar with we've had a few other artists on the on the show previously then we have got in in uh this is uh this is like post-punk stuff i guess um from bogota colombia it was submitted by franklin um so don't let the uh, apparently german name fool you these are this is not a german band then we have ultras who i believe was in the queue last week too um, this is a newer band uh, from the West Coast out on Convulse Records. This was submitted by uh, our, our local buddy, John. Then we have got Mess with Fuego, Fuego, Fuego. This is a band from uh, Guadalajara, Mexico. It was sent, sent in by Sam. I've seen a few people big up in this. I think it's just uh, straight up parkour stuff, but I haven't listened yet. Then we have got Puss with their self-titled. Uh, this was sent in by uh, John from The Path, his uh, regular international submission. This is a band from Lima, Peru. We've got a lot of Central and South American stuff in the queue this week. Then we have got uh, Un Hombre Solo. Uh, this was sent in by Will. Um, I don't know if this is actually like based out of a Central or South American country, but um, at the very least, the individual making this stuff is a Spanish-speaking person. Um, he described this as also being like some dark wave kind of EDM stuff that takes cues from classic shit in that vein, like Nitzer Ebb and Front 242. 
Then we have got Prospects with A Quiet World. Um, this was sent in by Charlotte, um, who describes this stuff as like Italo disco synthwave stuff. Uh, said that, you know, as fans of Ricky and uh, Nuevo Testamento will probably dig this. Hmm. Then we have got Necroheads with their Mindless 7-inch. This was a, a, is a band from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was sent in by TJ, who reliably sends in pretty ripping hardcore stuff. And Pittsburgh has been, uh, has been churning out no small amount of that in the last couple of years. Then we have got Visions of War with their demo 2021. This was sent in by Noah, who plays in the band. They are a band from Akron, Ohio. And then last up, we have a band whose name I'm probably not going to be pronounced. Uh, Off, <laughs> it is O-P-H-I-C-V-S. Uh, the release is L... El Tetraputas, this is uh, another band, I believe, from South America. Um, and this was sent in by Jay from Cold Bratz, who described it as like first wave black metal with a lot of uh, 80s heavy metal flourishes, solos that sound out of tune, and uh, King, Diamond's, the King, Di- King Diamond-esque vocals. He described it as pretty wild, over-the-top, and idiosyncratic. Sounds, sounds kind of sick. So yeah. let's, uh, let's roll the dice, see what's up first. All right, let's get into it. 10. All right. So that is this band whose name I can't pronounce. Jay pretty reliably sends in stuff whose name uh, I can't pronounce. Yeah. Um, you can find this at austintizedrecords.bandcamp.com. That's A-U-S-T-N-I-T-I-Z-E-D records.bandcamp.com. Um, austenitized records, I'm sorry. Um, the release is El Tetraputas. I, I really cannot, for the life of me, figure out how the fuck that name is supposed to be pronounced. Um, he said that the title track off of this is a, is a pretty good sample of uh, what this band sounds like, so we're going to listen to the song El Tetraputas off of the release of the same name.
Okay, so I had a, a revelation on potentially pronouncing the name of this project as I was looking at it. I, it just shows how not naturally cult I am because it occurred to me that often uh, a V Ophicus. is, it, yes, it's used in place of a U, right? So it could, right. It could be Ophicus, right? Um, so we heard El Tetraputas El off of the release of the same name by uh, the project that I'm going to assume is actually pronounced Ophicus. Uh, how'd you feel about that? Uh, so this band has been around for a minute. Okay. Um, it's a one. I, I, I didn't know anything about this band, but I just looked them up on Metallum. Okay. Um, it is a one man project, which I kind of suspected given yep. what I heard going on in the music. Sure. Um, I want to like this more than I do. Yeah. I, I like the music, you know? Yep. For sure. I kind of wish the music was a little more upfront. Yeah. And ripping. Mm-hmm. But the hokiness of, like the joke of the uh, of the, the the vocal delivery and and the joke of the concept was more upfront than I wanted it to be. Yeah, I agree. This was maybe like a, a little too joke forward for me. But but the the thing is, I was thinking about this. You know, we compare this to something that might be on like um you know Grimestone. Sure. Yeah. Right. Which is nothing but jokes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like old Nick is nothing but jokes. Yes. But at the same time. Everything about it is a joke, right? Everything about it is thoroughly enjoyable and, and sort of like run through a cartoon factory, right? Yeah, yeah. The stuff on Grimestone feels a little bit more like deconstructive than this, you know? Yes, that's what I, yeah. And so like this is, this was like pretty well put together. For sure, yeah. But then just muddied up by, you know, the 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 wicked, wicked evil vocalist, which- right. I don't really have a problem with aping King Diamond if you can do it. Yeah, I agree. You know, like I was pretty I was pretty late to the King Diamond game, I'm going to mm-hmm. be honest. In the 90s, you know, I can remember him watching watching like Headbangers Ball. Yeah. and seeing, you know, King Diamond videos and stuff. I'm like, "Man, I just don't really get this." You know what I mean? But at sure. the time, all I listened to was like, you know, fucking death metal and shit. Right. Um and I kind of just stepped away from like King Diamond for a while. Yeah. Um and it's maybe in the past decade that I, yeah, yeah, about 10 years ago that I had a, a complete 180 on King Diamond. Right. Um, and I'm all in now, right? Sure. This was like, this guy can't do King Diamond. Like, he has a pretty high vocal range for sure. Yeah. But he can't quite do it. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a, it was just too much of a caricature. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like I said, I think the, I think this kind of stuff works better. If it's either in the grimestone world where the joke is is all encompassing and fully deconstructive and almost meta and dadaist in nature, or uh, if the joke is so subtle as to to walk the line between uh, earnestness and humor, you know what yeah. I mean? Because there's yeah. there's plenty of like contemporary. We've heard some like contemporary power metal stuff on here that could just as easily be done like in total seriousness, um, and I think that ambiguity helps to elevate the the my enjoyment of it whereas this is like okay cool like clearly you have a you have a reverence for this style of music because you're 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 going out of your way to put together a full length and musically this is entirely competent but the joke is elevated to such heights and presented in such an an obvious way that it, it only really lets me interact with this on like kind of the most basic level like a, a a casual listen through like this i'm like yeah okay cool funny enough um competent enough but it it doesn't compel me to give it any any extra time you know what i right. mean right 
Right. And, and as I look on the, the metallum, you know, the one thing that kind of set me off right away, yeah. um, I kind of came into a preloader was the album art. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, it's, it's just a little on the nose. Agreed. Yeah. And then, but as I look at their other releases, um, the other releases have, you know, a similar sort of like a similar sort of taking the piss theme. Sure. But they also look like they could be, this could be a completely fucking legit, you know, no joke release. You know, I'm looking at like a a release from 2017, Machine Gun Ripper. You know, dude is holding an AK-47 and a scythe and he's got leather and spikes and a gas mask on and there's a fucking black goat next to him. Sure, I'm into that. And that looks fucking awesome, right? I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I wish you could dress like that in public and just fucking that's what you do. Absolutely, yeah. It looks fucking good. For sure. The gas mask might be a bit much, you know, it may be a pain in the ass, but the rest of it looks great, right? Yeah. The same thing for um, uh, Steelhorn Gas Mask Metalhead, right? And, and and another thing about this is, you know, there's there's plenty of, like, like Sabat is another band that kind of goes down this route. Mm-hmm. But I don't think is quite as cartoony. Like there's a there's a bunch of stuff, you know, like especially like Japanese stuff, and it just goes over the top, right? For sure, yeah. Um, but it's not quite as on the nose. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, no. something about this was just a little too cartoony, and I I didn't hate it. I just wish I liked it more than I do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I said, definitely didn't hate this. I just um I, I don't feel driven to like spend any extra time or energy on this after this this kind of just uh surface level dive into it. Like, cool, you know, I'm glad you're having fun with this. I'm sure plenty of people like this, but didn't sure. didn't catch me enough to to give it any uh any extra energy, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, cool. Let's roll the dice, see what's up next. All right. Six. Okay, six is Un Hombre Solo with Rotundo Fracasso. You can find this at Un, uh, that's U-N dash Hombre, H-O-M-B-R-E dash solo dot bandcamp dot com. And uh, this is the stuff that Will sent in um, and described as as pulling from um, Front 242, Nitzer Ebb, Old Skinny Puppy, stuff like that. Um, I believe that the song he suggested is the first one which i think is that's actually not the one they have queued up to play so that must be why he just uh suggested that one specifically so we're gonna listen to uh discurso del aben discurso del abandono uh by uh un hombre solo off of rotundo fracaso
All right, we just heard the song Discurso del Abandono by Un Hombre Solo off of Rotondo Fracasso. How'd you feel about it? I like that. It was it was quite good, yeah. That was pretty fucking good, right? Yep. That was, it was dark and minimal and driving, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was definitely into that. Yeah, it was really good. I like the presentation of the uh, the tape too. The uh, half of it being dipped in black rubber. That's a nice. I was looking at that. Unfortunately, it's sold out because I would buy one now, and I'd probably not open it. Yeah. Just because I would feel bad about you know ruining the presentation of it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's almost like an RS apothecary release. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's it's meant to be put on a shelf more than it is to actually be listened to. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was really good, man. Uh, I was I was pretty much uh, immediately immediately captured by that. The synth sounds on this are are really really nice, super mm-hmm. smooth, very very mm-hmm. minimal. Um, I liked the the gruff but not over the top delivery of the vocals. I think I think a shouted vocal delivery over this just works incredibly well. It's it's kind of exactly to my taste um, because you can you can croon and go for it over stuff like this, but you gotta really fucking nail it. And, yeah, um, and and this ties it a bit more to like, you know, like a dark industrial tinge tune with with the shouting over. Yep, it. for sure, man. Yeah, this is really really good. Uh, uh, good enough that I'm definitely gonna go back and and check out everything that they've done thus far for sure. And or listen to the rest of this release. I would have absolutely copped a tape uh, if this weren't sold out already. But yeah, it was limited to fifty copies, so I imagine this is is uh, is long gone. It uh, just came out actually uh, at the beginning of this month, February first. Yeah, so. no, last year. Oh, oh shit! Last year, oh, oh, we fucked up. Yeah, but it was submitted at such a time that it that it was uh, it was in before the cutoff, so we're yeah. we're good to go. Um, okay, that makes more sense. I was gonna say, damn man, fifty copies in a, in a few weeks, not bad. But yeah, it makes more sense that this has been out for a year. But still, really, really good. Um, I uh, I hope that more people hear this because of our stupid podcast because we hear uh, an increasing amount of shit that is in this general world on this show. Some of it is really good. Some of it's pretty middling. Uh, this is probably some of the the more captivating music in this style that I've heard in the last several months at the very least. So yeah. um, and, I, I hope that they do some more shit this, this year because that, that was really good. And it's nice because I, honestly, if it wasn't for the show, I'd probably be completely unaware of most of this. Sure, yeah. Because this just generally speaking has never been you know, it's never sort of been on my radar. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, this is like basically reopened an an entire another path for me to follow. Yeah, that's sick for sure. Um, I mean, this stuff has, has definitely been on my radar since I was, I was pretty, pretty young because my dad and my, um, and my uncle were always into this kind of stuff, even back in the eighties. So, you know, I got into early ministry and skinny puppy and it's and all that kind of stuff. But, um, the show has been a really excellent vehicle for me to kind of keep a steady stream of this stuff, uh, in front of me. And like, um, it's also obviously, as we've talked about on previous episodes, experiencing a bit of a resurgence right now, yeah. uh, but not enough so that I'm getting, that I'm getting tired of it yet at all. You know, I'm still, well, well, I'm still ready for more shit in this vein. Yeah. And that's what I mean. I mean, in high school, sure. Right. Yeah. Um, we listen to shit like this a lot and, but it completely just sort of faded from my conscious experience. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's back on the radar and now I've got like some threads to grasp onto and follow. Right. Yep. Yeah, for sure, man. Speaking of RS apothecary, um, looking on their site, because this immediately, the packaging just reminded me of RS apothecary. You seeing the, the glitter bomb thing that they just released? Dude, there's the unholy triforce. Oh, they have they have a, a recording of Au Claire de la Lune, which is one of yeah. the first vocal recordings. Sure, 
and it's pressed on a Fisher Price music box record. That's right. I saw that. Yep. I saw that they were doing that. <laughs> pretty, pretty sick. If you're not familiar with Oris Apothecary, they, they are an Indiana, a Bloomington, Indiana based label. Um, they, I were going to relocate to Chicago and I'm not sure if that actually ended up happening. Uh, I was in contact with them for a while because they released a tape for my black metal band. Um, but they famously do, they, they release music in, you know, essentially unlistenable formats. Right. If they're just pieces, they're art pieces. Right. Exactly. And, uh, if that sounds pretentious, I get it, but go look at them. Uh, they're, they're generally pretty sick. They just they just did like a glitter bomb uh, cassette tape where like the tape is filled with fucking glitter. The packaging is filled with glitter. It's unplayable. It's unplayable and also like a genuine in- inconvenience to even have in your possession. Uh, right. Homeboy said that like when they were doing the doing the packaging for it and whatnot, uh, it covered his entire like studio space in glitter. Yeah, I'm um, sure. I'm they, sure because they have to hand build them. Yeah, exactly. They, I mean, they do they do tapes and stuff that are are contained in like you know uh eight inch solid blocks of uh, fucking solid polyurethane and shit there's i need to check in on rs apothecary more often because there's a release of tetsuo iron man oh really transferred the vhs to a cassette tape oh no shit yeah okay that's it's sold out and i would have like i would have bought that immediately right yeah i didn't I mean, even know it, they did that it is quite literally just a piece of plastic junk sure yeah. but it's a cool piece of plastic <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that kicks ass you know i have a couple releases i have um i think it's a like 17 or an, an 18 inch unholy triforce record that i bought in in uh in bloomington that plays at like 17 and a third rpm yeah there's literally there's no equipment that I own that I've ever heard of that could play that record. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess hypothetically you could you could play it uh, via like a USB turntable and then like- No, it won't fit on a turntable. Oh, that's right. It's, it's 18, 18 inches. inches. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, so there you go. If that sounds interesting to you, uh, go check out or- Oris Apothecary. They're always doing wacky hijinks of, of that sort. They're, they're crazy over there. Yeah, they're just a couple of wild and crazy guys. So yeah, I will be checking back in with uh, Un Hombre Solo. This is uh, really good stuff. Thanks to Will for sending this over. They sell a USB floppy disk drive. <laughs> Do they really? Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I guess so you can that. listen to some of their releases on floppy. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sick. They were supposed to put out, not not to put them on blast or anything, but they were supposed to put out an LP for said black metal band that I'm in. And uh, we, we were all, we had them all on the line. We were good to go. The record's done. And then, um, and then homeboy just stopped responding to our emails. So yeah. um, God what bless. I guess he was too busy putting a bunch of glitter into tapes. <laughs> Ever mysterious. Here's uh, Inferno tape. Oh, oh, never mind. It's a sticker. Oh, okay. Um, but the ever mysterious, right? Indeed. That's that's, that's actually maybe shit. he he did release it, but didn't tell you because it's a make believe release. Ooh, damn! He's finally he's you finally. To, you have to imagine. He's even transcended the material. You have to imagine <laughs> yeah. what the record sounded. Like. Right, right, right. I was gonna say this is like this is the final. This is the logical conclusion to this yes. exercise. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's the Lost Boys version of the fucking LP where you just have right. to use your imagination. Um, all right, cool. Let's uh, let's see what's up next. Five. Okay, five is Puss with their self-titled release. You can find this at lapus.bandcamp.com. This is a band from Lima, Peru. We're we're doing all Spanish speaking on this episode. It appears. 
Um, this is all, it's, this has been all like central and South American shit. Like I said, we have a, had a bunch of it in the queue and so far the, the dice is, has favored all of it, but yeah, I'm into it as well. One of, one of my favorite things about this show is getting to hear a bunch of international shit. Um, so, uh, I don't really know much about this. It was, uh, I think it's, it's, it's got like a, it's, it's got a black metal, a, a bit of a black metal vibe to it. Uh, it's tagged hardcore punk as well too, though. So it might be in that, in that not emerging, but, um, uh, increasing in popularity in, in terms of like this, the, the world that is blending hardcore and black you're, metal aesthetic. You're just, you're just trying not to say black and hardcore. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. You're trying to say, you're really trying to get around describing something as a Cajun food. Yeah. I never want to describe anything as black and ever if I can yeah. help it. Yeah. Um, so this is actually, this one is actually well outside of the limits, uh, the time limit and whoever sent that in, um, even at the time that this was submitted, this was too old. Oh to yeah. We're not listening to this. However, there is a newer release that yes. came out in, uh, in December of last year. So we'll check that out. So this is the Pus X S X F X C X split. S F C. Yes, sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's a typical uh, you know grind and or PV thing to do. Um, so I guess uh, we'll just listen to the song that they have uh, queued up to play. So we're gonna listen to Noche by Pus off of their split with S F C. Okay, so we just heard the song Noche by the band Puss off of their split with SFC. That was indeed uh, music of the increasingly popular black metal and punk hybrid variety. And uh, I don't know about you, but I thought that was uh, a particularly compelling take on it. I thought that yeah, was I really, liked it really too. Good. I, I like that quite a bit. I like the um, I like the guitar. The lead guitar on that really uh, really elevated this. Yeah, it really added like a good vibe to the overall sound, yeah, the overall sure. sort of emotion. Yep. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the super the super chorus laden guitar, but not not chorus laden in the way that is uh, popular right now, but in the way that it it, it sounded uh, like a tape warble or almost like otherworldly yeah. or a mistake. Um, yeah. I really really like that tone in general, but utilized here, I think it was uh, it was done to great effect. This was really good, and the riffs themselves uh, were were excellent. There were a few moments on here where I where my ears perked up, and I was like, oh shit, that's uh. That's a really, really good fucking riff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was blazing. Um, it had it had some like um, had some like old school UK crust in there too. Um, just in general, uh, a collision of a lot of things that I like a whole lot. It also looks like it was mixed and mastered at Dead Air Studios by one Wilk Chamberlain, Willie Killy. Um, yeah, this is really good, man, and it sounded quite good. Um, yeah, it did like, sound really good. I mean, obviously, mixing and mastering uh, makes a world of difference, but whoever recorded this did a hell of a job too, because you can even with um, you know you can only do so much with mixing and mastering if like the source material sucks. This sounded really, really good, and I'm listening to it on not the most uh, high quality of in ear headphones, and it still sounded great. It was beating ass. So, man, um, I will definitely check out the stuff that came out in November of 2020. I will definitely check out the rest of the split. That was that was really excellent stuff. Yeah, the other band looks to be pretty much just straight grind. They've got a 30 release CD. Okay. I mean, 30 song, 30 song CD released. Uh, I don't know in 2018 yeah um i don't know what the i didn't really catch what the other side of this split has on it um but yeah we'll see it looks like two of the songs on uh on this because this is just the pus side of that split too one right. of the songs is by a band called uh luzemia who i am not familiar with and one song looks to be um a cover of negative creep by nirvana Mm-hmm. Um, which would lend itself well to this style of music. That's a fucking that's a that's a banger of a track for sure. So yeah, sure. I'm gonna listen to the rest of this. And it looks like the these two tapes. Uh, I think I I assume that they are tape releases anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was this is a tape, and I I'm gonna assume the last one was as well. Um, looks like this is all they've put out. So two tapes of not uh like what eight songs, uh, right? Six original songs in the last two years. So right. Uh, hopefully this band is doing more. Um, unless that was just a fluke and it was the only good song that they wrote but I, I don't think you i don't think you land in i don't think th- i don't think you land on a track that good and have everything else suck so i'm gonna confidently state probably the rest of this shit is pretty good too but yeah. i'll listen to it after uh after i get done editing this podcast and and decide for myself but yeah i like that a lot um you want to uh roll a dice see what's up next well, let's do it music heavy episode six again Okay, this is uh, Necroheads, the stuff that was submitted by my buddy TJ. You can find this at killenemyrecords.bandcamp.com. This is their Mindless 7-inch, and it is based out of Pittsburgh. Looks like they got the first song queued up to play. It's a it's a quick it's a quick jam. Thirty two seconds. Maybe we should listen to the first two songs because yeah, I was second- going to say we've got 32, 30, 49 seconds. The longest song on here is a minute nine. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, let's just listen to the first two songs because the second song is also the eponymous track, Mindless. So yeah. we're going to listen to Deliver and Mindless by Necroheads off of their Mindless Seven Inch. <laughs>
We just heard the songs Deliver and Mindless off of the Mindless 7-inch by Necroheads. Uh, so one thing that I, I have noticed in the, the current resurgence of kind of traditionalist hardcore is that um, a lot of it is of a fairly mid-tempo variety. And mm-hmm. the, the faster hardcore that we're hearing right now, um, a lot of it is from the, the sort of like DB and international influence that is kind of seeping into to hardcore in the West right now. Uh, you don't necessarily get a lot of traditional sounding hardcore that is also really fast in the vein of Jerry's Kids or something like that. But this was, and I really, really appreciated that about this. In fact, in the description um, above, above where you can listen to the songs, the description of the seven inches, eight songs and one of this is slow and no D beat and no breakdown. Um, yeah. So there you go. I, I, I hadn't even read that until I just glanced up at the screen and it said exactly what I just stated. Um, right. I, I really liked that this was this was traditionalist uh, to a T. Right. There was like not an ounce of modern influence here. This is something that that easily could have come out in 1982, 1983. And it, they did a, a, a quite convincing job of it to my taste. Anyway, I thought this was really solid. Yeah, I I want to be in a band that sounds like this for sure. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes, that's I, I want to be in a band that sounds like this. This is right up my fucking alley. Yeah, um, this is the same label to put out the you know illiterates and speed playing yep. shit too. Yep, for um, sure. So it is right in line. This is really fucking good. Yeah, um, and it's sold out, and that's a bummer. It is indeed. It just came out in December of last year. So we, yeah. once again, we're uh, we're sleeping on the good stuff. That's that's how it always goes, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. We we don't hear <laughs> it's I I like. I, well, that's why that's why we've got to do our. You know, we've got to we've got to get caught up, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, well, I I guess for me, it's just like I. Unless I'm, unless I'm sort of casually letting like a YouTube channel that, that uploads stuff that I like play or whatever, I do a lot less active uh, searching for music than I typically do because I rely upon this show to put new stuff in front of me on a weekly basis. Um, and therefore, <laughs> I often, and because we're so far behind, um, it results in me missing out on physical copies of a lot of the stuff that I like best that I hear on this show because it's two to three months after something has come out before I even listen to it. So um, that's totally, totally my bad, totally on me because I would have, again, the second thing tonight I heard that I would have immediately picked up a copy of if it weren't long gone. But uh, but yeah, that was, that was really, really good. I, I would say um some of my favorite just straight up hardcore that i've that i've heard so far in this calendar year yeah that was super fucking good um i'm gonna be looking for this record yeah for sure yeah i'm definitely gonna look and see if there are any copies left in any any distros that what, I what is on. the artwork here that's a good question isn't it yeah um, it looks like a turd it does <laughs> it does kind of look like a turd it also looks like it could be a topographical map of an island it kind of looks like it has the profile, like a turd with the profile of a caveman. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, I. You know what? I. I don't think I. I don't think I have any better guesses than that. Uh, yeah. A petrified turd, perhaps. Yeah. Um, if I if I saw this, um, I would at the very least flip it over to see what is on, like who released it. You know what I mean? Um, well, and that's the thing is, Kill Enemy doesn't have that many releases under their belt. Yeah. But what they do have, it's very good, pretty fucking solid. So it yeah. looks like uh, if you see something with that label on it, probably pick it up. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, and you know, throw another throw another point in uh, Pittsburgh's column because they, like I said, they've been continually to, continually turning out really really good hardcore over the last few years, which is yeah. not not something new. But there's been like a new wave of uh, of younger faces in the mix that have have been putting out really really good stuff. So um, yeah, I'm gonna keep an keep an eye out for any copies of the seven inch and uh, definitely check on what this band does next because that was really really fucking good. Uh, thanks to TJ as always for for reliably sending really really good stuff our way uh let's see what's up next two all right two is in in front this is another one from south america this one's from bogota colombia you can find this at discos marana that's d-i-s-c-o-s-m-a-r-a-n-a.bandcamp.com and um this is the stuff that was described to me as uh like minimal synth wavy dark stuff uh the second thing that matches that description that we've heard tonight um i cannot remember if a particular track was suggested to me i think maybe the second track was rotos if uh, memory serves me correctly so we're gonna listen to the song rotos by in and stott front off of their release isf We just heard the song Rodos by Innenstadt Front off of their release ISF. And uh, 
the minute that that bass progression came in, I knew I was in for a really good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really catchy, right? Yeah, as soon as that hit, I was like, "All right, you don't you don't stumble into something like that. This is uh, this is going to be good." And uh, it was really, <laughs> really, really good. Um, I I really enjoyed that un hombre solo stuff that we heard earlier. This is very much in the same vein, a, a little bit of a different take on it. Um, but uh, this this maybe has has dethroned that is is probably my favorite shit in this vein that I've heard in a in a minute. Um, this was really good. The synth, the like the drum sounds on this, the program drum sounds were really excellent. Uh, very tastefully implemented. There were little bits that kind of came up in uh, various bursts throughout the songs. Um, there was like there was a healthy bit of repetition, but it was punctuated by like uh, these flourishes of of extra um, of extra like sound and texture that just came in when you weren't expecting them. And I mm-hmm. think like really really added. Um, just really added like various layers of this so you were like at one uh, on one hand you were you were totally in it and like in a uh like locked into that main sort of groove and like chord progression and then they would just hit you with like a nice little drum flourish or melodic flourish it was really 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 good i i liked this a fuck ton i want to i kind of want to listen to the rest of this um immediately but unfortunately i have to keep recording this show so yeah and it was it was you know up tempo and and upbeat and it was kind of i don't I, it was it was upbeat and cheery but it wasn't uh it still had like that you know just sort of like that that dark dreary edge to it yes yeah yeah for sure and it kind of it, well it didn't it kind of it did it, i was reading the lyrics and it would just alternate between spanish and german yes i noticed that yeah so uh, whatever yeah, I don't so, speak either of those languages, so neither do yeah. I. So whoever's in this band has got uh, got got at least one up on me in that they're multilingual um, and uh, and can make better dark brooding synthy post punk than I can as well. This is yeah, uh, this is quite quite good. Um, I uh, I would be interested to find out if this band has done anything else if this is like if this is a first effort it's certainly not a first band like there's there's no way right um, no and, and no for sure right um but uh but yeah I, i'm definitely going to research this band and see if there's anything else out there i'm for sure going to listen to the rest of this um i have no idea if this came out on tape or anything the everything on this page is uh in spanish um which as uh as our listeners are more than aware i cannot even pronounce let alone read um, it is on it, there is a white cassette okay um at the bottom it says that there's um i think 50 copies okay yeah something like that and i'm looking for it now because uh uh i can't I'm, I'm just looking for the label right now because there's no no option to actually purchase the cassette that i actually, can see on I, this band camp uh, yeah limited edition of 50 copies on white cassettes um and then yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm translating the I'm translating the page. Um, it seems I think it just comes with imp, like a, a, a an imprint, like paper paper insert or print. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, I'm gonna look for a copy of this somewhere because that that's really really good and and see if this band has done anything else. I uh, I like that. That was a winner. I I don't know what else to say about it. It was it was quite good. If you like music that's uh, that is remotely in that vein, then you there's nothing that you could possibly pick out about this that you don't like. So did it make you forget your tooth? uh it, yeah yeah sure he made me forget my tooth for the duration of time i was there i was go. nodding my head there you go so oh there it is it's sold out um okay. if you go to the band's web uh, band camp okay 
All right, word. So there you go. Fucking lost again. Gone forever. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's roll the dice again. See see if we can't. We we've had uh, we've had mostly winners today. So yeah, I mean, even that thing that was it was like a, we'll say a sixty percenter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How many we got left? Five. Uh, yeah, five. Okay, this is Visions of War. Um, you know, no offense to Noah who sent this in, but this was this was the one that I was uh, I, I least likely to win with us, I think. So you can find this at vowrchc.bandcamp.com. This is a band from Akron, Ohio, a uh, a new band, I think, New Wish. Uh, this demo came out in October of last year. Um, doesn't doesn't look look like something that would be in my the, up my alley per se you know you know the name that we we talked about this on kings of punk but i you know with when i kind of went in a little tangent about um i hate the boastful fucking like i hate boastful shit sure yeah you know i'm already preloaded man when i see when i see the name of the band is called visions of war yeah if there's a couple different ways this can go right if it's got the artwork that i see on it i'm expecting Something that I don't like. Yeah, for right? sure. If you know, I'm expecting you know metalcore or something like that. <clears throat> that's what it says at the bottom: metalcore beatdown and so forth. Yeah. If and there's a dude there. There are there are sports jerseys being worn. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the banner picture. Yes. In the banner picture, there are sports jerseys being worn, and yeah. there is. If it's not a flat brim, it's goddamn close, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um. So. It's preloaded. If it's a band called Visions of War and there's like a black bird on the cover, uh-huh. then I know it's like some anarcho shit. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because, yeah, so that name could easily go crust punk for sure. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, okay, so they, they have the song Blood and Hunger queued up to play, so we'll go with that. Um, okay. So we're going to listen to Blood and Hunger by Visions of War off of their demo 2021.
All right, we just heard the song Blood and Hunger by the band Visions of War off of their demo 2021. So this is this is kind of um this is kind of a, a meeting of two worlds because I was saying this I, I, I kind of got a little ahead of myself and a little ahead of this band and I don't uh, I uh, I don't want to I don't want to uh, I want to backpedal a little bit and say guys I didn't I didn't say you guys were boasting jerks. Right, I'm sure. just saying that um, in general Right. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that vibe from something like this. Yeah. So, like I said, this is this is kind of a melding of the two worlds we were speaking about. Because lyrically, this is uh, this is indeed in vain with uh, uh, a crust punk visions of war that you might get about the American war machine and the the farce of uh, the American armed services and all of that shit. Uh, a, a reliable topic in punk and hardcore for uh, as far back as anybody has been making the music. Um, you know, nothing groundbreaking, but well stated enough. Uh, not not clunkily delivered musically. This is this is pretty much bog standard meta- metallic hardcore uh, in the lineage of Haybreed, Marauder, All Out War. These guys probably like First Blood. Take your pick of any number of bands that have done this over the course of the last thirty or so years. It was not offensive. I think it was like a, a perfectly passable example of of the style of metallic hardcore that I just that I just spoke about. Um, as we have said time and time again on this show, you know nothing about this captures my imagination at this age. If I were eighteen, yeah, I'm I'm all in on this shit. Right? It was it was well played. It was well written. You got in and out in two minutes and eighteen seconds. You didn't talk about your crew and your boys. Uh, you actually had some sort of discernible political message, which I appreciate. So I'm not going to shit on this. It's just it's just not for me, you know. Yeah, it, this is you know, you know that I like this stuff even less than you do. I'm so yeah. fucking finicky about this shit, right? For sure, yeah. Like there's that little bit of an integrity solo at the at the back end of this. I appreciated that for sure, yeah. And I appreciated that, right? And and I was trying to trying to find something because I wasn't as soon as I got into it, I was like, "Oh, well actually this isn't some boastful bullshit about their crew or how they're going to stomp you and and all that sort of shit, right?" Yeah. So that immediately like softened me up some. Sure, yeah. Cuz I don't <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't listen to a lot of this sort of stuff, but I don't really hear that sort of this sort of sentiment in a lot of metalcore anymore. Well, the band First Blood that I cited, who is a band that I was never into, but was very, very popular when I was is coming up in the mid to late aughts, they dealt with this kind of stuff a lot and they were incredibly politically charged. And Yeah, but that's like... 10, 12 years ago. Oh, it's yeah, more than that at this point. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, like that, 15 years ago, like it's, sure. it's, it's, so at this point, like that's not really, a you know, it's not really relevant. In, yeah, in for sure. I No, I, I don't see this kind of, uh, I don't see this sort of like topical political through line in, uh, in almost any music of this variety that, that has come out in the past, you know, five, five to 10 years. So I, I appreciate them uh, going out on a limb here and, and, and deciding to, to have a position about something in a song. Cause that in and of itself is, is refreshing when, uh, when set against the, this musical backdrop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, like I said, it doesn't capture my imagination at all either. It's just, uh, it's just not, I'm just not the target audience for this. You know what I mean? So I got, I got no animosity towards this and it sounded good. It was recorded well for the style of music that you're playing. Uh, very solid for a demo. You know what I mean? Like right, right, right. Qual- qualitatively. I, I love it when you, I think you do this more than me, but when one of us says, well, this isn't for me, that, you know, I'm not the target audience. Yeah. The fucking hubris. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I think that's just a it's a diplomatic way of getting around having to say like, <laughs> you know what hey I'm guys, saying? Why don't you write something for gray fucking Gordon next time? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's not what I'm going for, though. I'm just saying like th- these these boys aren't setting out to impress the the kind of uh, the kind of dipshit that I am. They're going for no. a different audience. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I guess I'm just, to, for me to speak with any more authority on this would imply that I'm somehow, uh, that I'm somehow supposed to be like captured and enthralled by this kind of shit. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the Cleveland Browns Jersey. I'm over here in my, uh, I'm over here in my Bob mold sweatshirt, right? I'm a pussy. I'm a soft bitch. I'm not, right. uh, I'm not made to get down to this kind of stuff. I'm not 18 You're crying about a, about a tooth. That's right. Yeah. I'm crying about a tooth and these boys are taking on the fucking American war machine. So like if you're having a problem with a part of your body, yeah, a tooth is probably the easiest thing to amputate. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Just get rid of it. Uh, it's, you know, I couldn't do it myself at this point. It's pretty deep in there, but, (laughs) but I am working on that process for sure. Um, so, uh, yo, let's, let's try and listen to one more band. We have a few, a few messages. Um, but I, you know what? Fuck it. I'm feeling like listening to, to one more thing tonight. So one. Okay. One is Mahler. This is the, uh, Australian submission from Brody. You can find this at last ride records at bandcamp.com. And this is their, uh, demo 2021 came out in December of last year. Uh, they have got the song Give or Take, which is the opening queued up to play. So we're going to listen to Give or Take by Mahler off of their demo 2021. Okay, so we just heard the song Give or Take by the band Mauler from Australia off of their demo 2021. 
And even though it, it might not make sense at first or feel intuitive, just follow me on this. But, you know, stuff like this, I feel kind of similar to, to how I just described the Visions of War stuff. Even though it's very different, it, it's more traditional. This is more in the vein of, of something like Breakdown or Killing Time, but quite a few generations removed at this point. But what I mean by that is, like, even though this is closer to what I enjoy, I'm now an old bitch, um, and even though I'm still known to bust a move at a show uh, here and there, I guess I, I no longer can reliably enjoy hardcore that um, rests upon its ability to to make me want to mosh, right? Whereas mm-hmm. when I was yeah. 18, that's really all I needed. And this has all the components to make me, you know, ostensibly, on paper at least, make me want to headbutt something and go off with my friends and, and pile on for the sing-along. But at 32, what I'm really looking for now is like, some degree of musicality like something to catch me we talk about mm-hmm. like just riffs on this show catchiness um things that that sort of uh are more in line with what with what you might look for in just like traditional rock songwriting which is why we very frequently champion you know traditional rock and roll based hardcore on this show i i'm i'm looking for a hook i'm like looking for like a melodic and musical through line i just need something more to give my attention to something and so in that way this very much rests in the sort of same general world as something like visions of war for me in that like there was a point in which this at a point in time in which this would have definitely appealed to me and i have no beef with this at all this is like bouncy burly hardcore in the in the late 80s early 90s new york variety and i got no beef with it at all but it just doesn't do much for me now because i just i just need more from this style of music at this point in time you know yeah i get that i don't i don't really i don't really like this i thought this was boring yeah Um, exactly I knew like right when that, when that first riff, like when that first part came in yep, and I saw the runtime uh-huh. on this, I thought, man, we're not going to get much here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Right? Yeah, I agree. This, this is, this is going to be all about basically, you know, this is going to be all about the fast part going into the mosh part and then right. back of the fast part to give you a minute and then back into the mosh part. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is pure mosh. It's fine. Right. I mean, if I saw this band live, I'm not going to fucking... I watch half their set, sure, depending yeah. upon how good they were alive. Right. And, um, you know, it's fine. But, yeah, it's – I've never been a big mosher because I'm a big guy. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. Like in the 90s, it, you know, if I did the same thing that small guys were doing and, like, fling themselves at people, I'm a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're, you're risking seriously injuring people at that point. Yeah, because I'm going to definitely hurt somebody. Yeah. And I don't – I don't want to do that. Sure. You know what I mean? So I've never been a real big mosher. Yeah. Just for that reason. And then in like basement spaces, yeah. there's no fucking room for me. I hit my head on the ceiling <laughs> yeah. or, you know, like I clear the space in two steps. For sure. <laughs> yes. I've seen, I've seen it happen. You know, and, and if you're up against the wall and then here comes 305 pound me, yeah. right? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and like, you know, small, you know, small, like, well, okay, well, yeah, but you weigh a buck 50, man. Sure. You know, there's a huge fucking difference, right? No, so no. I've never been a big mosher for that reason. So a lot of moshy stuff is always just kind of, if I like it, 
um, it's a standout sort of, right. you know, a standout version of this sure. or, you know, like a, a heritage, we'll say yes. a vintage version of this. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yes. But the, you know, modern stuff like this, I just, it, it doesn't, it, the, the shows are generally no fun if you're not moshing. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Everybody's just forming a big fucking circle as far as they can away from the band while two or three people monopolize most of the entire space. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It just, this, yeah, I thought this was boring. And generally speaking, I think shows with bands like this are boring for the same reason. Yeah. I mean, I think shows like this, if, if everybody's on board can be a lot of fun, but it is a very participation based form of hardcore. And that's what I mean. It's just like, I'm, I'm still down to participate, uh, here and there, but I just, uh, I need more from it because at this point I'm risking life and limb. <laughs> to like, yeah. You know? Yeah. And this is the sort of shit too, that like meatheads suddenly get serious about yeah, that. That is true. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Like, like oh, the mood uh, in the room changes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, the, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is hardcore and, uh, you know, my balls are fizzing cause I'm 22 years old <laughs> and this is, I'm, I'm going to get real serious right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's agreed. Nobody, nobody's smiling in the pit when Mahler takes the stage. <laughs> no, no. And it's like, guys, you, it's still like stupid music for idiots. Yeah, 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 for sure. Which, so just have fun with, with it. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, and, and, you know, this is in, in no way I'm at this point, we're not even speaking about Mahler or their crowd specifically. We're just talking about our general experience with this sort of thing, you know? Um, but yeah, this is fine. Like I said, uh, good at what it does recorded. Well, uh, real solid demo just, you know, doesn't speak to me. I'm an old man. I'm a bitch. Uh, this is, this is, this is no longer for me, but, uh, I'm sure for the like 18 to 24 year old Australian crowd who's getting down to this. This is uh this is a ton of fun. Dude, there is nothing fucking lame or like as lame as it is, it, you know, it's, it's to be expected. Cause it's, we've said before, like a lot of this music I feel like is like right of male passage. Sure. Yeah. If you're in the hardcore, right. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing fucking lamer than like the fucking grown ass man uh-huh. suddenly getting a bug up their ass and trying to get serious. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, you know, I remember it was, um, oh God, years ago, but like Burning Fight Fest. Sure. There were a lot of old men that showed up for that. And um, I remember there was some, you know, big fucking blocky dude with like a well-groomed beard. And, and you know, basically he, and he had he, he had like, you know, American flag shirt on getting real serious in the pit. <laughs> and I was like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. Like what, what, what is wrong with your fucking head? You're clearly in your fucking thirties, if not approaching 40, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah. Just have a good time, man. This, yeah. <laughs> this moment, this moment is just, passed for you. Just walk into traffic, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because you can't go back. Right. Yeah. And no one wants, no one wants to watch you relive your moment and like, get this shit out at the fucking, you know, at the fucking unbroken show. Yeah, yeah, certainly not. Certainly not. So, um, okay, cool. Well, we heard, uh, we heard some really excellent stuff and we heard some middling stuff, but nothing that straight up sucked, which in, in, in my book is a successful episode. So let's listen to uh, a few voicemails and then play some, uh, play some D and D. Okay. Hey, yo, it's fatty. Another message that had everything to do with uh, uh, Nate's uh, kidney stone problem. I this message is all about the fact that uh, why is Grimmyard so good? Why is Grimmyard so good? That just sounds simple as fuck, but it rips. 
it shouldn't rip because it's like literally three chords and it should just sound like shit to my brain because like I, you know, I have taste, uh, but and it has like, it has kept me drunk driving to Taco Bell and then to Wawa because Taco Bell's closed um, safely and securely because it rips that hard. What the fuck? Why? Why? God damn it! Why do I like racist music? Answer that question, you two motherfuckers. Why? Why do we like racist? fucking assholes who know how to rip on the fucking goddamn guitar. And by rip, I, I mean play like literally just three chord songs that I used to play in my youth band, but they do it so hard that like it actually rips. Like what the fuck is that about? Like can you guys explain it so the rest of us can do it without racism? Alright, anyway, bye. Well, First off, Fatty, don't drive drunk, yeah, please. I was gonna, I was gonna say that same thing. I don't mean to chastise a grown man here, but, but please don't drive drunk. That's a, for, that's for, a bad look for your own good and everyone else's. Yeah, for sure, that's a real bad look. I would be remiss if I didn't uh, scold you a little bit for that. Uh, in terms of why that stuff rips so hard, I don't know, man. It, it rips for the same reason that the Templars rip. They're they're yeah. not doing anything wild either. They're, I think, uh, if you like punk music, uh, you're well versed in the the success full formula that is three jangly chords played uh played with like a, a minimal amount of of um technical proficiency um, yeah keep it simple right put them in the right order yeah right that's the thing grimyard puts them in the right order those the, the chord progressions themselves are are really good <laughs> like really really catchy um i can hum them in my head right now like especially on that, that those two new songs that came out so um you know we've already talked talked it to death on the show um i can't absolve you of your love for racist music man it just it is what it is i ho- hopefully you're discovering something about yourself in this process which is that um that sometimes music's just good and yeah and, it is what it is right and, and it is what it is and you can maybe you discover can, that you're a racist maybe that <laughs> maybe yeah maybe so right maybe that's maybe that's the next step of this process of self-discovery but let's uh let's hope not but at the very least um don't drive drunk anymore and continue to enjoy the racist music that we accidentally give uh give airtime to on this show and we somehow have mentioned more since we discovered that they're racist than we've ever- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I think that I think that old boy's gotten at least a dozen fucking big ups and mentions <laughs> since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Uh, He's uh, going to be showing up on Jimmy Kimmel right alongside Turnstile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty soon, man. The late night, the, the, the late night debut of one Grimyard. Um, all right, let's uh, let's hear the next message. Yo, what's up? It's PJ. Um, I had a an interesting question I've been mowing over for a while. Uh, so is there any kind of music that uh, either one of y'all um, enjoy almost exclusively in the context of something else dope, but otherwise you think it uh, totally sucks ass? Uh, for me, I think it's a lot of wrestling themes. Um, you know, there's some wrestling themes out there. There's a lot of them, actually. Uh, that uh, just undeniably are dope. Um, but then there's stuff like uh, On This Day by Alter Bridge that uh, just in every way, shape, or form just totally sucks and uh, did not uh, reach my ears in a, in a pleasant form at all. Um, and yet 
every single time Edge comes out and that theme hits, I can't. I find myself singing along to to at least the first line, and uh, you know, there's a few others like that. But I was just wondering if there's anything else like that where, you know, you think song sucks uh, unless or band or or music sucks unless it's in the context of something else dope like a TV show or a movie um, or a genre of some kind uh, of those. So, uh, yeah. Hope you're having a good life. Peace out. Okay, so one comes to mind for me immediately on this. And and I can I can I can say this more genuine generally, and then I can hone in on like more specific types of this too. But uh, it's anime like intro and outro music for me, like because in the context, and and I guess if I want to hone in on something more specific, it's like the real uh, sort of like operatic shreddy metal stuff. I think outside of the context of anime, that music is unlistenable and horrific. And people who like actually are like, yo, this band's really fucking cool uh, and listen to that are like they're a level of weeb that I'm not that I'm not ready to approach. You know, like I'm not I'm pretty unabashed in my love for a lot of components of Japanese culture and a lot of uh, their more popular exports like anime and manga and stuff. Uh, But I'm not quite on that level. However, in the in the context of like intro and outro songs or like battle music in a show, I think that stuff, it just so perfectly uh, like complements the visual component of of anime that it works really well. But outside of the context of that, I think it like flat out full on sucks. I don't I don't derive any enjoyment from that outside of that context. And that's really one of the only the only things musically uh, that comes to mind. Like beyond that, nothing nothing comes to mind immediately. What about you? Um, yeah, I guess. I'm interested in the uh, in the rustling music. Yeah, sure. um, that's an interesting thing to bring up. I uh, I am a big fan of old WWF rustling albums. Sure, right? the rustling albums one and two. I have those. Okay, grab them cakes by Check Your Dog is a fucking uh, banger from the past. Yeah, um, from my childhood. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not up. To, I'm not to speed with uh, new new wrestling. No, I don't know. Um, I, I, I still don't like them, and I never did like them prior, but Sublime, uh-huh. I remember the first, like, when I moved to Hawaii and was working there for a while, it, like, made sense in the context of that. <laughs> in the context of Hawaii? Yeah, being on the beach in Hawaii. And I was sure. like, well, this isn't so bad. Yeah. And maybe it was because just hanging out on the beach and, like, camping on the beach in Hawaii right. um, was, fought, it was like, um, it was the sugar that helped the medicine go down. Right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because I, I, I don't like Sublime, period, right? right? But I can distinctly remember like hearing that a lot when I lived in Hawaii. And I was like, yeah, this fits. Seems pretty good. Yo, actually, that 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 kind of perfectly uh, evokes uh, like something something very similar to that for me that just came to mind, which is like particular forms of ethnic music that I have like no interest in, except if they're being played in like their appropriate restaurant mm-hmm. settings. <laughs> you know, just restaurants just restaurants yeah okay well i mean okay. I, I i guess you could you could expand that elsewhere right like if i were walking down the streets of mexico and i heard mexican music that's fine too but specifically just in my kind of day-to-day experience in my immediate purview if i'm going into a mexican restaurant i'm down to hear mexican music if i'm going to an italian restaurant i'm down to hear stupid ass gondola music yeah, uh, I, I guess i could hear I, I guess i could see that yeah and i think it helps kind of like uh it, it elevates the overall experience 
experience, like dining experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but outside of the context of that, I, I don't have any interest in any of that whatsoever. That also like um like real heavy, not real heavy, but like 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 yeah, like um hard rock with a real heavy like blues influence. Uh-huh. When you're like watching a Roy Boy cassette, I mean a Roy Boy tape. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yep. the music that accompanies that, and the music like, or like, you know, and anything like that where you're watching like I don't know some fucking like motorsports show from like the eighties <laughs> or nineties, yeah. and you just hear like wanking guitars over like some heavy blues, heavy fucking country rock or something like that. Like yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. There goes there goes that guy bass fishing again. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yes, yeah. Totally. Um, so yeah, I guess there are, there are a handful of, of examples of that. That's a, that's a good question. I'm going to, I'm going to think about that more in my spare time and see if I can come up with any other good examples. Cause I'm, I'm sure there are more. Those are just the ones that occur to me immediately. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's hear the next one. How we doing, gentlemen? 5.30 AM, Indianapolis, Indiana, out here on the road. And I just wanted to say, uh, the show's been very good lately. And uh, I like the Jerry Lewis talk. I think up every episode with that. Also, on that note, uh, Nate, could I get a Jerry Lewis impression? For- Thanks. Like to hear your best Jerry Lewis. Have a good one. The the closest I could give you to a Jerry Lewis impression is like the scientist from The Simpsons. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, where he's like, oh, I'm flaming or whatever. <laughs> like, I, I, I haven't watched a Jerry Lewis movie since I was a, a, a young one, right? right. Yeah, yo, um, I, I, fi- I figured out your your confusion too on that last episode. Well, um, it's so so it's it's the dad from My Three Sons that's in the the absent minded professor. Yeah, the absent minded professor is is the right. show that you were thinking about, and the nutty yes. professor does. I, I looked it up. I, I I was I went down a rabbit hole like the next day at work and was like, what the fuck is that movie? Yeah, and um, and then you mentioned it. I guess last week or whatever, but yeah, it is. It, it's the dad from my three sons. Okay, word. Uh, and Joe thinks uh, I'm glad you've been enjoying the show lately. Yeah, we feel but you're not going to get a Jerry Lewis impression out of me because uh, <laughs> I, I I only vaguely kind of remember what he looks like. You yeah. know, yeah, let alone what he sounds like off the top of your head. Right. Um, all right. Let's hear the next one. Hey guys, it's uh, Nick Matosho. I'm going to try to cover all these real quick. Uh, first, yeah, the volume is super low. Uh, I, have to, I have to crank the volume every time. Kind of sucks. Uh, superhero movies. I like them all, but um, I can understand why people don't because they're all the same. If you want something that's kind of different, there's a movie from, I think it's like Peru or Uruguay. It's called Mirage Man. Check it out. It starts out kind of like a generic Batman, but I don't want to get into it. Just find it, and the soundtrack's real good. Uh, as a sport, I love football. Give me more football. Take away the rules. Make it deathmatch wrestling. No helmets. Uh, you wear spikes, though. Perfect. Um, I've never been to where you guys live, but as the residence pick, I know there's not a Latin market over there. So I don't think that's going to work for you. And, uh, Nate, about the, uh, the, the hot swings, I did the one chip challenge thing, uh, cause I just, I just had to know how bad does it hurt? Uh, it hurts a lot. It didn't hurt as bad eating it. Once that's gone, it's done. But you could feel this, like, lava bullet going through your stomach. And uh, it was kind of cool to see how your digestive system was working, uh, but it was painful the entire time. All right. Love you guys. Bye. 
Yeah, that sounds like a bad time for sure. I, I have no interest in the one chip challenger or uh, testing my masculinity against uh, various different hot substances. I kind of know where my comfort level is and I, I stick within that at this point. Um, I will say though, you're very wrong about the Latin market thing. We actually have a, a few Latin markets and we have a, a not negligible portion of the population that are like Spanish speaking immigrants up this way. Yeah. Um, we have some like fairly fairly solid like authentic latin markets here actually at least a couple within uh fort wayne proper and i'm sure more down in indianapolis um so so we can pretty easily get uh get like good imported like south american and central american food um and then uh as for the uh the the podcast volume being low i'm doing what i can man i i cranked the dbs on this shit last week i uh i i put some master gain on it it's a matter of trying to get it loud enough in uh garage band that uh i'm not i'm not like peaking the audio so much that we're going to get like digital distortion in whatever your your chosen chosen playback method is um I will say though, and we're gonna see we're gonna see how it works out on this uh, this episode that that we're currently recording. I found out that GarageBand uh, surreptitiously, sneakily, it uh, it auto selects an option where it uh, automatically normalizes the audio when it exports it because it assumes that if you're using GarageBand, uh, you probably don't know what the fuck you're doing, uh, which means that it, it's probably actually taking out a lot of the stuff that I do in post and like trying to make the the audio. It's like you know leveling out all of the audio um, and like removing dBs that I add in post production. So so it's I, like it's it's like being a nanny. You yeah. didn't actually want to do that. Right. Yes. As you often say, uh, computers should not think for men. Machines must never think for men. <laughs> yes. Right. And that is what GarageBand has been doing, doing now for the last couple of years. So I went in and disabled that function. We're going to see if it matters at all. Um, give us some feedback uh, next week and, and let us know if it sounds any better. Um, and then uh, I will check out that movie Mirage Man. Uh, you, you didn't you didn't give us much to go on, but uh, but I'm going to I'm going to trust your recommendation and check it out, see if it's any good. I'll check it out. It's uh, I'm looking at it on IMDb. It's got a 6.3, but what the fuck does that mean? Because some of my favorite movies have less than like a three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll check that out. We'll okay. see. Um, football, I got all, uh, man, I got all sorts of alternative ways to play sports. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this this <laughs> is a mental yes, exercise that somehow we find ourselves doing late at night at a, at a taco joint or something. Yeah, right? Yes, it is. I think my favorite version of football that we've thought up is to... The, the, the goal is the same. Uh -huh. The objective is the same to put the ball into the opposing teams, um, into the opposing team's end zone. Right. But the foundational rule is no one is allowed to physically touch the ball. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right. And so they're given supplies and materials and various things <laughs> on the sideline that they have to use to construct various apparatuses that they use to move the ball. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah and they yeah. don't know what they're going to get until they get on the field. Right. Yeah. So it could be, I don't know, they get, um, you know, uh, uh, styrofoam cubes styrofoam shipping blocks that for for packaging and uh you know balsa wood yeah and they have to come up with a way to uh effectively move the ball down the <laughs> and defend using those materials right yeah yeah i uh, it's um it sounds like one of the most inane possible games that could be played we wearing full equipment right of course they have to wear everything right yep. but they're just and they can do whatever they, they can still hit each other sure they just cannot physically touch the ball right <laughs> right 
<laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, I'd watch that. I'd watch. I would tune into that on a weekly basis. Another one is to reduce the change the dimensions of the field mm -hmm. so that it is five yards wide, right, and a quarter mile long. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. That one's really good. <laughs> that one is really really good. Um, all right, cool. We got like two more messages left. Let's uh, let's listen to the next one real quick. So. Um... Something came up on the show. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. By the way, love the show. Great stuff. Um, something came up the show on the show that reminded me of this story. Um, and it was that my buddy and I were in my backyard, and he spots what he thinks is a scarlet flycatcher. <laughs> and here I am over here, you know, knowing that it's a vermilion flycatcher. And, you know, I mean, fellas, have you ever, have you ever had to tell your buddy, uh, a harsh truth like that before? Uh, great show. Um, just a huge fan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was, uh, of all the times that somebody's like called in and like, uh, humorously, passively, aggressively dunked on us, I think that was probably one of my favorite examples of that. Yeah, that was good. That was that good. was pretty good. Yeah, uh, you know, I've 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 definitely had to tell some harsh truths during my tenure bird watching. It happens for sure. Sure. Um, I don't know. I I really can't add much more to that, that call. I think that's a good. It's a it's a that's a good standalone piece. Um, I'm glad. Well, you I was looking at the area code, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it looks like this is what nine two five. Yep. Yeah. So this is like somewhere around the Bay Area. Okay. That's actually a little bit north for a familiar flycatcher. Oh, oh shit. So do your research a little better. You know? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. Right? <laughs> okay. Last up, uh, we've got an AJ call. And uh, from what I can see of the transcription, the opening line is, uh, yo, if anyone thinks this is homophobic, you can literally suck my dick. So I think we're into something good here. So let's listen to our last call of the night. Yo, uh, if anyone thinks this is homophobic, you can literally suck my dick. Yeah, seriously. So, uh, what's more gay, showing off someone your mosh skills caught in a video on a date or sucking cock? Kind of curious. Yeah. Also, uh, new emulation records. Give it a listen. Holy fuck. They suck. Let that, like, one early record. Decent. I know a lot of people say they're better than incantation. Incantation's better, even though Onward to Gagalta is like, maybe they're only decent. That's eh, actually, they have like a few. But yeah, that's all I gotta say. Peace. Okay. Well, I can't really answer that question because you're using two different forms of gay, right? Like there's, they're, sucking a dick is just gay in a normal sort of innocuous, inoffensive way. Uh, in a dick sucking way. Yeah, in a dick sucking way. Just a, just a normal sort of traditional meaning of the word way. Whereas, you know, showing somebody your yourself moshing in video on a date is gay in this sort of uh, derogatory way that we occasionally employ the word. Um, so so uh, an inappropriate comparison there. Um, as for the new immolation record, I have not listened to it. I can't say that I was planning on listening to it. I know that they're on, either on tour right now or about to be on tour. Um, we've talked on the show before about, uh, our, um, 
how we how we very how we very frequently just especially with death metal uh just because those bands seem to have like a a longer tenure than a lot of hardcore bands like both of us kind of have cut off points after which we stop paying attention to them um a lot of classic death metal stuff is is in that world for me where i'm really bad about checking out new records um so i wasn't planning on checking out the new emulation record anyway so i, I probably still won't uh regardless of your recommendation against it it, it just wasn't on my list yeah like it now i mean you know kudos for them for still fucking playing right sure yeah but like you know it's it's your job yeah for sure <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like i mean you've been doing it for a long ass fucking time it's made you some money glad for you but i it, the uh the thrill is gone we'll say yeah yeah exactly that's that's kind of kind of where i'm at with that kind of shit you know it's uh you're you're a legacy act at this point and that's totally fine i got no animosity towards you for for being that getting your money and making a living doing something way cooler than uh, running running machines or something, but I also I don't need a a new emulation record in 2022 in my life personally. You know. Well, yeah, and I mean they're just they're just uh, releasing that stuff for you know the true fans, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about that, but um, you know I don't think you're trying to capture a new audience. You're not that. trying to capture a new audience, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I mean Jethro Tull just released an album not too long ago. No shit. Yes, it's the first in two decades. The only reason I know that is because I had an itch to listen to Jethro Tall about two weeks ago, so I did. Uh-huh. And on Spotify, there was a brand like like a record that came out. I don't know a couple years ago or something. Yeah, in in uh, in emulation, I thought Ian Anderson had dementia. <laughs> well, he I may. He did. may. <laughs> he may. He, he very well may. Who knows? Um, I will say, like. Uh, as both a testament to 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 support my prior statement and also like a, a tip of the hat to immolation, they have consistently been putting out records for yeah. the duration of their career. Like right. they have records from 04, 07, 2010, 2013, 2017, and 2022. So this isn't like a, a crass money grab or anything like that. It's just that I, I think, as you pointed out, there comes a time in, in most of, like I said, I think this applies especially to like death metal, like kind of legacy death metal acts. Uh, we've talked about this phenomenon with like Cannibal Corpse, for example, in which like, unless you are a, a diehard band of this band specifically, uh, there's just a logical limit to like what you can hope to gain from new records from them, right? Like even if they're not diminishing in quality, like like both of you and I have gone on record as, as being... Uh, as being fans of some of the newer carcass stuff, but like I still don't really find myself revisiting it that much. Oh, just, Surgical Steel isn't the first record I'm gonna I'm gonna put on, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I just I think there is um there's yeah, like I said, at least for me there is a logical limit uh to what I can gain from like a particular a particular death metal act before i'm like okay cool i have seen everything you've got on display here i like your three or four classic records i will turn to those repeatedly uh throughout throughout the course of my life and will probably only engage with your newer newer material in passing if that you know i'm not yeah or if i happen to see them in a live setting for sure yeah i'm just like not though i like even us seeing like uh to to speak uh about stuff outside of death metal like we saw the Pixies live, um, mm-hmm. and you know the new material fit uh, surprisingly well into their set. I thought yeah. it wasn't bad at all, but I still I still don't listen to the the post classic era material because like I, I just don't feel compelled to. I got everything nope. that I ever needed from that band from Doolittle and Bossa Nova, etc. You know, right? And you and I went into that show skeptical of the new the new material for sure. 
and then afterwards, like, actually, that was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still haven't listened to the, to yeah. the, the most recent record. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I, and I, I probably, probably never will. So, it was this year, Jethro Tall, the Zealot Gene, twenty twenty two. Wild. That is unbelievable. I, and I, I seriously thought, I seriously thought, I, I, I had, you know, read somewhere or something that, like, you know, Ian Anderson had dementia. Yeah. Is is that coming out on a major label too? Um. It's on uh, Inside Out Music and Sony. Like so, that must be like a, a subsidiary of Sony or something. Yeah, yeah. So that's wild to me, right? Like their last record came out in 2017, and that was on BMG. It's insane to like. <laughs> I think that speaks volumes about the well, state of like the major label. Like, yeah, but the last record, I don't think. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to come across as a big Jethro Tall stan or anything like that. Uh-huh. I like the classic records well enough, you know. Yeah. And I had a, I had a, a a fucking itch up my ass to listen to fucking thick as a brick, so I did. Sure. But um, the string quartets is not a new record. Like it's just live records and and oh, versions sure. yeah, like yeah, like okay. performances and stuff, right? Right, right. This is the this is the newest record of like new material in like twenty years. It's it is nonetheless wild to me that that stuff can come out on a major label in 2022. And like, I think it speaks a lot about just um, like why that industry and that, that old model is, uh, it's like having currently, currently having dirt rain down upon it as it like languishes in its grave, you know? Well, I mean, that's, you know, when, when the, um, when their fan base really starts to drop out. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like from this mortal coil. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's when they'll stop pressing these records. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, it, I mean, by then Jethro Tull will be dead. But, yeah. <laughs> that moment can't come soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that way we can get back to getting punk records yes. pressed in a reasonable <laughs> amount of time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, all right, let's wrap it up. We got D and D to play in like thirty minutes. I got to put in like a fucking grub hob order for some food or something. Um, okay. So uh, if you want to uh, send in music to the podcast, it's demolitionpodcast at gmail.com. Just make sure that the release is a year or less old from the time of submission. Uh, we are we are going to be doing uh, a Hell Week episode, I think, that this coming coming weekend. Uh, not an episode, multiple episodes. To, to us, it will be one long hellish session, session to you. It will be broken up into digestible parts. Uh, but I think we're finally going to do it this coming weekend. So we're going to get caught, all caught up on your submission. If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, it's patreon.com slash listen podcast. Uh, and we will we'll strive to get a new episode up for that uh, uh, quite soon. We had two up in the month of February already. So, you know, you can't really complain, but uh, we'll try to continue that trend as of next month. Uh, we've got a couple ideas and hopefully we'll find some time to convene and get some of those recorded in the coming weeks. And then if you want to call in, it's 260-222-8341. Just try to keep your message, you know, a minute and a half or under. Be concise. Think about what you want to say you can also text us if you're not confident in your ability to do that beyond that uh, leave a review on your podcatcher of choice tell your friends about the show if you got anybody that you think wants to show throw us money for advertising you know if you have an in at blue chew uh, or like a cbd company or something give us uh, give them our contact info yeah nothing could, we'd like better than to sell cbd yeah i would love to i would love to read an ad for medicated gummy bears on our show so uh, just keep that in mind And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.